0: Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now last week we heard about why it's so important to reduce our water usage, to leave plenty of water in our rare chalk stream rivers like the River Vare so that wildlife there can flourish. Well, now there's a whole new species that's calling the River Vare home. The brilliant news is that last week, 150 water voles were reintroduced into the Ver to the west of St Albans by a partnership headed up by the Hudson and Middlesex Wildlife Trusts. Josh Calms is the water vole conservation officer at the Wildlife Trusts, and I spoke to him to find out more about this milestone in the history of the Ver. Water voles have been extinct around here since the 1980s, so, so most of us have never seen one. So I started off by asking him what they're like.
1: Oh well, water voles are probably one of our cutest mammals, um, and I don't say that word lightly because they, they have a, a blunt nose, they have small ears tucked into their fur, they're about rat-sized um, and also brownish in colour usually um they have they have a shorter tail than a rat as well and and the big whiskers they do look quite
0: adorable don't they really very furry as well oh, small just... beady eyes yeah and they're vegetarian aren't they
1: they are absolutely yeah they've been recorded eating over 220 different kinds of plants so they they're very important parts of our wetland ecosystems
0: so we we know about beavers and the effect that they can have on the sort of bigger environment. Do water voles have a wider impact on, on rivers and, and the environment?
1: Oh well, that that's such a good question. I I think that water voles are a bit like mini beavers. They are small ecosystem engineers in a similar way that they they can modify their local environment to to suit their needs, and and in doing so, they they allow. More wildlife to to um, to arrive in the ecosystem essentially. So water voles are constantly nibbling on on the the plants around them. That, that's that's what they do. They eat so many different types of plants, and um, and and in doing so, they, they they create some open areas, open lawns. The light is able to come into the river bank, and then that allows a greater diversity of plants to grow, helping. Many more invertebrates, including pollinators, and then you get the knock-on effect, bats and birds, and the like—and and also it's important to remember that the water voles are, are burrowing into the riverbanks um, to to well to have safe places to feed and and raise their young. And all the waterfall burrows—it's um, been it's known that they're used by other mammals and amphibians and lots of invertebrates too to shelter. Um, and water voles themselves um, fit in to the food chain um, perfectly. And, and, and a lot of predators will rely on water voles for their food. So things like uh, stoats and kestrels and barn owls and pike and herons and the list goes on. So very important parts of our ecosystem.
0: OK, so water voles uh, apparently were once common around here, but, you know, they're disappearing rapidly throughout the UK. What's the reason for this?
1: Well, it's it's many really. We've lost much of their quality habitat that, that they need to survive. So we're, we're talking about um, dense vegetation around wetlands. Um, a lot of this has been lost because of modern agriculture, because of urbanization. And, and the other the other key thing is um, predation by the invasive, non-native American mink, um, which which is a, a sort of relative of, of the otter. But it comes from America. And they, they were released in the UK uh, or escaped from fur farms um, decades ago. And, and they essentially have been eating water voles to near extinction. So, yes, as, as the UK's fastest declining mammal, water voles, have their populations have dropped by over um, 95 and, percent. And so it it's has been a sad story for them.
0: OK, so given that, as you say, that, that's rather sad background, why did you decide that now was the time to try and reintroduce them to the River there?
1: This section of the Ver is about two kilometres long and the habitat is pristine. There's a, a great variety of wetland plants, lots of different types of grasses and sedges that are growing in and next to the river. And there's quite a good um, buffer area as well. So if water voles water are there, they're able to go into the margins to be able to eat um, in good cover. Uh, so safe from predators. And they've got all that food, which is so important for them too. Um, and also the parts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust have been surveying for, for um, mink to make sure that they're not around. And so um, and so we can say for, for certainty that, that, that those predators are not there. So both habitat... And no mink is a, yeah, a good uh, recipe for a, a reintroduction.
0: OK, so is this the first reintroduction of water voles into Hertfordshire or have they been introdu- reintroduced elsewhere?
1: There have been a couple of other water vole reintroductions to the county, uh, one of which was by the trust um, over at Thorley Wash Reserve um, on the other side of the county a few years back.
0: Okay. And how are you going to ensure that, um, for instance, the mink that you spoke about um, aren't a a problem for these new introductions?
1: We have monitoring rafts, which uh, are constantly checking to see whether uh, mink are around. And um, if if they are, then we get alerted to, to their presence. And so we'll be able to deal with that.
0: Okay. So you've you've sorted all of that out. Right. So when I heard that these water voles were going to be introduced, I sort of had this vision of a a big cage of water voles being brought along and somebody'd open the door and they'd all scamper out to a lovely new life on the Vare. From what I understand, it really wasn't quite like that. It was rather more complicated. Can you tell us exactly how
1: you did it? Well, releasing 150 water voles it, that that would be quite the sight if they were all open from one big cage. Um, but it was slightly different from that, yes. Uh, we had um, 30 pens. So the, the 150 water voles arrived the night before the reintroduction and uh, they were um, moved into a safe place to stay overnight. Uh, the, the morning after was the, the big day when uh, we had lots of volunteers coming out uh, to, to help us um, move these... Um, which were then in their travel boxes and they were they were put uh, in groups of about five into 30 pens um, and those pens were distributed um, along the uh, the length of the ver. And then are they just released from there or was there
0: sort of another halfway stage?
1: This method of release is known as a soft release where the voles are uh, kept in, in the pens uh, and provisioned with food and they've got lots of bedding as well. Um, and that, so they're fed every day and checked on um, after the first few days. Then the front of the pens are modified so that they're, they're the, essentially the voles are free to come and go as they please um, and get used to um, moving around the environment and feed, having a, a slightly different diet to um, to that uh, that they, they had.
0: Right. OK, I see. Um, and did everything go to plan?
1: It all went really well. Um, we we had a great support from um, from the local community. So many people keen to get involved uh, with such a, such an endearing and important animal, um, and bringing them back. And um, we didn't really we didn't have any any setbacks. Um, it all went very smoothly. And so after after the first week, yeah, the, the water vels were, were all back into the environment.
0: Brilliant. So I think that sounds like success then. Now, you you just mentioned their volunteers. Whilst I'm interviewing you for the Hudson Middlesex Wildlife Trust because you were leading on this, this really has been a partnership, hasn't it? Can you tell us about the other partners involved here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've been working with the Ver Valley Society, so um, a a, a group of people dedicated to the conservation of the River Ver and its catchments. So. uh, campaigning for uh, reduction in, in water abstraction and um, helping to practically manage the river and its habitats uh, for the benefit of people and wildlife. Um, but th- they're a great partner because there, there are lots of p- local people involved uh, with the society um, who who were able to um, to meet and uh, and and who were really keen to get involved.
0: Okay. And how about the landowners who were involved here?
1: This reintroduction wouldn't have been possible without the uh, the riparian landowners. Um, they, they they own some beautiful stretches of um, of this the Ver, you know, a really precious chalk river. So without people like that, this sort of more ambitious project just just wouldn't have happened. And we're also uh, incredibly grateful to the um, financial support given by the Debs Foundation and the Linda Foundation.
0: Okay, so there's 150 water voles now, hopefully doing what water voles do um, along a stretch of the ver. You've said that you've got little islands monitoring mink. Will you be keeping an eye on them in any other way?
1: Absolutely right. The the, the reintroduction doesn't doesn't stop once the voles are are in the environment because we need to be uh, checking on how they're doing. Um, so, uh, in September, I'll be giving some training to groups of volunteers to look for the water voles' poo and their feeding signs. And after that, if they're keen on um, taking up s- surveying along the river, then they'll be assigned a stretch. And, uh, and we'll, we'll be monitoring uh, twice annually to, to see how the population is faring. It's entirely possible that water voles are going to spread you know, it's possible that within a few years, water voles might be right through the centre of St Albans, making their way down towards Park Street, and going upstream, they, they might be reaching Redbourne, and if, they, they can move pretty quickly.
0: Indeed. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Now, my first reaction was, oh, I must get down to the Ver to go and see the water voles, <laughs> and they sound so cute and lovely, it'd be great to see them. To start off with, are they the kind of things I could just go down and see or are they very shy like a lot of wildlife? And also, are there precautions you'd like us to take if we are on the there?
1: Yeah, water voles are, are pretty elusive. Um, so they are quite shy animals. Um, although that's not to say you can't detect that they're around because if, if you are walking by the river and you hear some rustling in, in the in the vegetation and plants, you, it might well be a water vole um, if you're around the reproduction area. Um, and you can also listen out for uh, their characteristic plop sound. Which if they're feeding on a bank and they get do get uh, disturbed, then they'll they'll jump into the river. The other thing to bear in mind is yeah, waterfowls are, are disturbed quite easily. So um, just make sure that uh, dogs are on leads and uh, and people aren't uh, ru- running around uh, inside the, the waterfowl's habitat near the river.
0: OK, there's some wise words there. So, Harts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, you plan to try and reintroduce water voles to all of Hertfordshire's rivers by 2030, which sounds very ambitious, but rather lovely. Can you tell me which rivers you hope to um, work on next?
1: We're working towards a reintroduction of water voles onto the River Rib, um, and that should be around spring next year, all being well. And then... then each year thereafter, um, if we can, and so any any landowners uh, who would like water voles um, reintroduced on land, please do get in touch. That sounds wonderful. And we heard last week on Environment Matters from
0: Affinity Water asking us to use less water to leave a bit more water in rivers like the Ver. Would you endorse what they said?
1: One hundred percent, yes. Um, Save our streams is a great campaign by Affinity Water, and. Clearly, water is going to be essential for water voles. Um, they, they they dive and duck under the water, actively you know, jumping in it to escape from predators. And as, as they go in, they'll kick back the water. Um, so it's a really, really important uh, part of, of their environment. They they need it to, to survive around here. Without without water in our rivers, species like water voles and so many others are really going to suffer. And, and, and we wouldn't want uh, this reintroduction to 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 fail. Yes, I I would urge everyone to consider their water use and uh, save, uh, save as much as they can.
0: Josh, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me.
0: I was talking there to Josh Calms, Water Vole Conservation Officer at the Harts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust. And a massive well done to the Vare Valley Society, not just for providing volunteers to enable the reintroduction to happen, but for their campaigning and practical help for the Vare, which has meant that it can provide the right habitat for these gorgeous creatures. Let's just hope that another generation of children will at last be able to identify Ratty from Wind in the Willows as a creature that they're familiar with in real life. Now, if you missed last week's show where Jane Bellard of Affinity Water talked about the Save Our Streams project, then head to the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com where you'll find that and all the other editions of Environment Matters. Or you might feel inspired to encourage somewhat aquatic wildlife into your outdoor space. Well, if that's the case, then search for Wilder St Albans and click on the Find Out What You Can Do button. There you'll find advice on providing water for wildlife. Everything from a source of water for hedgehogs to drink from, to a pond that could be home to newts or frogs and a host of insects. I would say that my favourite part of my garden is the pebbly beach that goes down to my little pond where all sorts of birds come to drink and bathe. Just this week, a baby robin appeared ready to follow in mum and dad's tiny footsteps and enjoy our bathing facilities. It was nearly as cute as one of those little water bowls. And if you're looking for some more aquatic-themed fun, then you've got your last chance this Thursday and next Tuesday to head to Stockers Lake near Rickmansworth and discover what lives at Stockers Lake with the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust and Affinity Water. From cool, camouflage creatures and watery wetland wonders to fascinating, floating flora. Now, you don't need to book. You can just drop in for this series of fun, educational activities. Now, you can expect topics like like um, predators and prey, plants and pollution, and your promised creatures to study and other activities to help you dive into different and exciting aspects of lake life. Now, Life at the Lake is the name of these events. They're run between 10 and 3, and they're suitable for children, but everybody is welcome to go along and explore. So it's certainly not just for kids. For more details, head to the events page of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website. Now, if you're down by the Vero and you see one of those new waterfalls, then we want to see your photos. You can get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore Environment or via the Environment Matters Facebook page or just drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVoralum.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thanks for listening.